Good morning, Cedar Valley and the rest of the internet. My name is Grant. Thank you so much for joining us uh, at Cedar Valley Church Online. We are so thankful that you're spending part of your morning or maybe it's daytime or evening whenever you're getting around to watching this, but we're so thankful that you're spending part of your day with us together online. Uh, we are broadcasting an online worship experience every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. and that's the best time to jump in. You can interact with us and with all the other viewers watching it live and that like you probably are right now, uh, we do that on Facebook, YouTube, and even our website, uh, cedarvalley.ca. At this time, the majority of our communication is happening online um, and through email. If you want regular updates, devotionals, and any current information on how to best stay in contact with each other while we're staying physically different, distant, uh, like us on Facebook and Instagram, subscribe to us on YouTube, or if you're an email person, head to our website, again, cedarvalley.ca, sign up for our mailing list. You'll see a tab at the bottom of the page or there's a pop-up. We're trying to make it as easy as possible, but those are just the best ways to stay in contact while we're going through this. But really, one of our biggest priorities right now is we wanna make sure that nobody in our community, including our friends and neighbors, gets left behind in all this. We wanna make sure that everybody has access to essential need services and supplies, has somebody to talk to if they need, and that we can pray for everybody. So we're doing our best to reach out to everybody we can, but if either yourself or you know somebody who could use somebody to talk to or to pray with or some support, please let us know. Uh, you can give us a call at 604-826-2445 or send us an email at office at cedarvalley.ca. And you might be somebody who would be willing to be a support contact for these kind of things. And if that's you, likewise, please let us know. Uh, give us a shout at those same contact options. We'd love to get you part of our team, making sure that we can reach out into our community. Uh, coming up in just a moment, we're going to be led in a couple of worship songs after that, we've got a special lesson for the kids from Pastor Rob, and we're going to be closing up with a message from Pastor Doug. But uh, before we jump into all that, we've been hearing about some great stories of how you've been able to celebrate Easter last weekend or during this past week, maybe kind of make a little bit of a community outreach, just some amazing stories. But if you're watching live, take a minute right now uh, in the comment sections there on YouTube and Facebook and let us know about... Uh, what kind of Easter activities you've gotten up to this last week? Thanks, Cedar Valley. church family. Thanks for joining us from wherever you are. I'm Jenny, this is Jordan and Kate, and we have the privilege of living in the same household, so we get to hang out and sing together, and we are looking forward to spending time with you this morning. We pray that this will be a time that you can open your hearts and sing along in God's presence. This is a time of a lot of uncertainty, but one thing I know for certain is that God is faithful. 
He is truthful and just and loving and merciful. So join us as we sing this morning.
Cedar Valley kids. Jordan was born with a limb difference. That's her in the background. Her left arm, half the length of her right arm. And her left arm didn't have, doesn't have any hand or any fingers, only a stub. She was determined though, from a very early age, that she was gonna make a difference with her difference. She played t-ball and basketball. She learned how to swim and climb walls. And she's been a cheerleader. She wanted to learn everything and to do everything on her own. So she found her own way of doing things. She says it's good to be different. Different is what makes the world unique. Jordan went on a five day long design workshop when she was 10 years old. It was at that workshop that she was challenged to make something fun from her difference. It was there that she first asked, why not shoot glitter out of my arm? And so Project Unicorn was born. You can Google Project Unicorn and find out more about that maybe after the service. Jordan was teamed up with a, uh, a designer named Sam. Together they made a cone-shaped limb attachment for her left arm that looks like a unicorn horn. And it shoots glitter, as you can see pictured in the background. She was invited to show off Project Unicorn on the Rachel Ray Show and then on another show called Shark Tank. And she's done two TEDx talks in the meantime, and Disney's Marvel Studio has made a superhero comic out of her. Wow! They tell her story in the first episode of a Disney series called The Hero Project. Jordan is a really neat kid. She inspires us with her life and her story. I wonder, what things you've done or said that have inspired people. Maybe you helped dad make dinner. Maybe you said, thanks mom for the help she gave you. Maybe you helped your little brother or sister put their shoes on, or maybe you just played nicely with them. Us adults have been reading through the story of Jesus' life. There's no one like him. He is truly different, and he made a once and a forever time difference with his difference. Jesus came from heaven to earth to show us God's love, to save us from our sin, and to set up a new way to live with God. He showed his love to people by healing them. He forgave people who hurt him, even those people who put him on that cross. He taught people the best way to live. Jesus is a real life superhero. He turned water into wine. He raised three people from the dead and he himself rose from the dead. Then Jesus invited those who follow him to tell others about him, to tell people that he loves them, to tell people that he can heal their hearts and to tell people that he is worth following, just like his disciples did just after he rose from the dead. So here's my challenge for you today. 
Cedar Valley Kids. Tell someone your favorite story of Jesus, maybe mom or dad or, or brother or sister, and then tell them why it's your favorite story. Thanks for listening. Hey there, Cedar Valley. It's good to gather together this morning, even though we're apart. Wow, it really has been quite a week. Do you ever wonder if really this is just a bad dream? Maybe even a nightmare? And it's just time to wake up. Who would have thought that just such a short time ago, things would be the way they are today? But you know what? One day, you're probably going to be telling your kids or your grandkids about the time that everything changed as you tell stories about life after COVID-19. You know, life is full of before and after moments. Have you ever caught yourself thinking, today is just so different than yesterday? What a difference a year, a week, a day, or even a moment can make. When things look and feel completely different from the other side. And yet sometimes it takes a while for reality of what just happened to really sink in. What could be some of the moments that cause your world to change when the before and the after are just so different? Well, maybe it's the day that all of your 649 numbers match perfectly. Or that special moment that you said, I do. Or maybe it was when it was confirmed that you were expecting your child. Or possibly it's hearing the news that your child or maybe your spouse or maybe even yourself had a disease that would lead to death. Maybe it's the day that you walked out of the hospital with one last person at your side. Or you walk down the same hall with a new lease on life, with a clean bill of health. You know, not long ago, our youngest daughter received an engagement ring from a dashing young man. And then exactly a week later, our youngest son gave an engagement ring to a beautiful young lady. For both Josh and Brooklyn and Jerrica and Austin, Their lives have now changed. The next day, they woke up to a new reality in their relationships. From this time forth, their lives will have been changed. Their motivations, their plans, their purposes now have a very specific focus. Both good and bad, we live a life before and after moments. For about a month now, since the arrival of COVID-19 in our area, all of us have been living a new reality, which is about how long the disciples and the family and friends of Jesus have been living their new reality. As we reach the end of the gospel 
accounts of the life of Jesus as recorded in the Bible. The books of Matthew chapter 28, Mark chapter 16, Luke chapter 24, and John chapter 20 and 21, they all end with the final moments and the final words of Jesus to his disciples. Now, it's possible you may have a footnote in your Bible regarding the book of Mark, chapter 16, verses 9 to 20, saying that these verses are not included in the two most reliable manuscripts. But as this information recorded does not contradict the other passages, we will allow this thread to be woven into the rest of Scripture. But after the final words of Jesus to his disciples we see the response of the disciples that is recorded in Mark chapter 16, verse 20. It says, The disciples went out and preached everywhere. That's an incredible statement. For just a few weeks before, the disciples were hiding, not wanting to even associate with Jesus. So let's take a look back, starting at Easter morning, and see what has happened. What has made the difference in their lives? In Luke chapter 24, we read, Early in the morning, Mary and at least three other women go to the tomb with burial spices to anoint Jesus' body. And along the way, they're wondering, who might be able to help them move the large stone that has been placed as a seal over the tomb? And then upon arrival, they were astonished to see Not only is the stone rolled away, the guards nowhere to be seen, but Jesus also was gone. Most of the women ran back to tell the disciples and all the others, but the men did not believe him, for the words sounded like nonsense. So Peter and John took off for the tomb to see for themselves, and like most guys, it turned into a bit of a competition. For we're told that John outran Peter and reached the the tomb first. And then they both see for themselves that Jesus was not there. An empty tomb was not what they were expecting. Even though they had been told and now they had seen, they still did not understand. They just weren't prepared for this mystified, confused, not sure what to think or believe. They didn't know what to do. And then we're told in John chapter 20, verse 10, that the disciples went back to their homes. I can just imagine the walk. We have a saying around our house that when we're presented with information that is just almost too difficult to believe, You say, I have no words. And I wonder if that was part of their experience. They just didn't even know what to say. But Mary, she stayed at the tomb, weeping. You know, sometimes in life, there's just nothing left to do but to cry. And then suddenly she turns and she sees Jesus At first, she does not recognize him, but then when he calls her by name, she knows it is her Lord. Go tell the others, he says, 
And now she heads back to town. And in Mark 16 and John 20, we find that a group of Jesus' friends, they're gathered and they're mourning and they're weeping the loss of their close friend Jesus. And then Mary bursts in with this unbelievable news that Jesus is alive. And she says, I have seen the Lord. You know, and it's common when people hear unbelievable news, they don't believe her. How could they? This makes no sense. Around the same time, Jesus appears to other women who have come to the tomb and says to them, go tell my brothers to leave for Galilee. I will meet them and they will see me there. Now just a few hours later, it's Sunday afternoon, and in Luke 24, 16, we read that Jesus appears to two of his followers on the road to Emmaus. Now, they didn't recognize him until they did. Well, they sat down to have a meal with Jesus. And as soon as they realized who it was, Jesus disappeared from their sight. And so they get up and they run the 11 or so kilometers back to Jerusalem to tell the others. You know, I was just thinking, it seems like there's a lot of running going on at this first Easter And maybe a better way for us to commemorate Easter would be instead of looking for Easter eggs, is maybe we should have running races. But then we discover in John chapter 20, verse 19, that just a few hours after that, Sunday evening, the 11 disciples there huddled together in fear behind locked doors. Now the two followers of Jesus from Emmaus, they arrive, completely exhausted, I'm sure, And they say, it's true, the Lord has risen. And then they begin to explain to the the disciples their experience with Jesus. And then while they are in the middle of telling their story, their incredible story, Jesus himself appears among them. He gives them all a good scare, for they think they're seeing a ghost. Well, Jesus calms them down. But in the midst of their joy and amazement, they still have their doubts. And then he says to them, see here, my feet, my feet and my hands, touch them. They're real. And then he says, give me something to eat. He says, a ghost can't do that. They were overjoyed. And Jesus says, peace be with you. As a father has sent me, so I am sending you. But Thomas, one of the disciples, he wasn't there. And then in John 20, 26, one week later, the disciples are back in the house, again behind locked doors. And like before, Jesus miraculously appears in their midst. And then he comes close to Thomas for he knows that he has been doubtful. And he says, reach out, touch me. And then Jesus says, stop doubting and believe. And we discover that a while later, even others, after they've seen Jesus, they still doubt. 
So it wasn't just Thomas. You know, sometimes I think he gets a bit of a bad rap. Doubting Thomas, he's often referred to. But we also have our doubts at times. So these words aren't just for Thomas. Have you ever been hesitant or unsure, unconvinced, find it difficult to believe in the risen Jesus? Or even to realize or know or claim his power and his glory and majesty? Jesus says, it's time to stop doubting and believe. And then in the end of the 20th chapter of the book of John, verse 31, we read, These things are written to you that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. Real life is found in Jesus. And it's our prayer that you would experience this truth today. And then we discover that the third time that Jesus appears to the disciples is is recorded in John chapter 21. Some days later, Peter and Thomas, Nathaniel, James and John, and two other disciples are together. And Peter, who appears, is done with all this sitting around the last few days, says, I'm going fishing. And so the others join him. But after a night on the water, their boat is still empty. And in the morning, as they drift along, Jesus, unrecognized by his disciples, calls out from the shore. Have you caught any fish? No, nothing. How about if you cast your nets on the other side? Then you'll catch some. And you know what? They did. And they caught fish, so many that their net was so heavy with fish that they couldn't even bring it into the boat. Well, after some time of getting their catch ashore, they have a nice breakfast together with Jesus around a fire on the beach. And it's then that Jesus reminds Peter that love is active. And it's as we come to a greater understanding of the immense love which God, through his Son, Jesus, has for us, that we discover that the way we show love for God is to love others. And sometimes that's just in the simple things. And then in Matthew 28, verse 16, Jesus meets the disciples again. This time, it's on the mountain in Galilee. It's not in a temple, but it's in the open on a hilltop. And we've discovered that Jesus likes to meet on the top of the hill. He goes to those places often. And the name of the mountain or the exact place, well, it's not really important. But they're back in Galilee. And this would have been the home for most of these men and followers. And together, they worship Jesus. And it was there that Jesus instructed them and us that because of his authority over all things, 
that we're to take the gospel of Jesus Christ wherever we go. That we're to be teaching, baptizing, being the church both inside and outside the walls of this building. And then he encouraged them and us with these words. I am with you to the end. The cool thing here is that Jesus isn't just talking to those disciples that are gathered around him. He's talking to us. The disciples of the disciples of the disciples. Kind of the great, 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 great spiritual grandchildren of these who are gathered around Jesus. And then in Luke 24, verse 50, this is the final time that the disciples see Jesus was on the Mount of Olives. It's, it's a small hill between the, the village of Bethany and the big city of Jerusalem. And it was there that he left his disciples looking skyward as he ascends into heaven, telling them that he will return. And it was then that they got it. Which brings us back to where we started this morning in Mark 16, verse 20. Then the disciples went out and preached everywhere, and the Lord worked through them. What a difference that moment in time made. That moment the grave was emptied. The moment Jesus rose from the dead. You know, it was days and even weeks before it really became a part of their consciousness. Before it made a difference in their everyday lives. But when it took hold, they were changed forever. Their focus was different. Their purpose, their passion, forever changed. And they let everyone know. That's quite a story that they had to tell. How Jesus changed their life. But you also have a story that you can tell. Maybe your journey with Jesus is just beginning. Or maybe it's 80 years old. You know what? If it's about Jesus, it's worth telling. And the love of God is worth sharing. For as we understand, the risen Lord who lives within us has changed our lives. And our story of the before and the after now continues as we tell of the wonder and the marvel of the work of Jesus Christ on our behalf. Taking our sins to the grave and rising victoriously so that we may live to new life. That is our before and after moment as well. Let me pray with you. Our God, we thank you for the wonder of your love and that you chose to redeem us, to save us from our sins through the work, through the blood of your Son, Jesus Christ. And he took those upon him 
took them to the grave and rose victoriously that we may live a new life of freedom and grace. God, we pray that you would continue with each one of us. And God, as we understand daily the depth of your love, we too would be compelled to live that love. For we have now been changed. We are different than we were before. We praise you for that. Continue with us this day. May we bask in the glory and the grace of your love. Amen. I want to say a blessing to you on your day as you celebrate this Sunday together as family, and we will see you soon. Lord bless you.